Protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. Just over a couple of weeks to go to get personal income taxes out of the way. Filing date is Monday, April 30th. If your estate is in the range of a million dollars or more, you need a plan. And if you don't have a plan, you should think about attending a Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar. There are three of them this month. Tuesday, April 17th in Red Deer. Wednesday, April 18th in Edmonton. Thursday, April 19th in Calgary. Pre-register online at macmillanestate.com. So we're all preparing to file a tax return for 2017. Here's Sherry McMillan now on things to think about. We're, as humans, procrastinators by nature, and so everybody does delay um, to do their taxes in a timely manner, generally speaking. So we're very busy attending to our clients. And how often does somebody walk in the door and say, I wish I had done this, this planning last year. I'd have been better prepared for the 2017 tax year than I am. Well, it's really interesting, Peter, because of the new budgets that we've had recently. The impact is now being felt. These are the tax seasons where people are seeing the differential and how much more they're paying in tax than they were in prior years. And so we are getting that response more often. And people are saying, you know, what can I do about it? Um, The problem with taxation and planning around it is you have to be proactive, not reactive. And so you actually have to be addressing it early on. So we're suggesting families may may not have been able to take advantage of some of the opportunities last year, but they can take advantage of them now. And so next April will look that much better for them. Uh, I think a lot of people have uh, come forward to do a little bit of estate planning in the first three months of this year, uh, perhaps spurred on by some of the changes, particularly in the Federal Income Tax Act. And uh, they're going to reap the benefits of that going forward, if not for the 2017 tax year. Well, one thing that we actually have as a slogan this calendar year in our office is Trump Trudeau. And it's meant to you know, make jest, but really it's about making sure that if you're in those high income tax brackets or you're one of those individuals that have a family business, a farm, a corporation, that you are putting all of the legal vanilla types of plans in place that you possibly can to mitigate some of that increased taxation. And the great part is in Canada, we have opportunities. We just have to employ them. And so it's worth spending a couple of few hours of time, especially when you were talking hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax that you didn't have to pay. There are some things that never change at McMillan Estate Planning. There are three reasons to do it. Protect assets, maximize wealth, minimize tax. That's been the founding principle at McMillan since you created the company more than 20 years ago. It certainly is. I mean, we're not old money in Canada. We're new money. And we work really diligently to create an estate. And so we want to keep as much of it as possible. And we want to be smart about our stewardship of that estate. It's something that I think is a new thinking in the community at large because Historically, we never had an estate of any quality of size. And so it didn't really have the pressing matter of the stewardship of it. We knew we had enough maybe to get us through retirement. But today we actually have more than enough in many families with affluence. And so now we're wondering, well, how do we steward it appropriately so it can be a legacy and it can live on into the future? And the way in which we do that is, of course, by planning. 
And so a lot of families now today feel that obligation towards their estate. It's funny, Peter, sometimes our affluent families say, I didn't know I was going to end up with a job, a responsibility by creating an estate, but in fact I have. And, and that's true. And so there are wonderful examples, though, in our community. And we can utilize those examples to be very co-creative with our families. And when we do that, we can create such amazing situations in a family to utilize and steward that estate the most effective way possible. Well, you, you spend 30, 40, 50 years creating an estate. It doesn't seem like a big inf- investment to uh, spend another few hours making sure that there is a plan for how that estate is ultimately to be dispersed, but per- perhaps more importantly, how you live with it and, and how it um, allows you to be in charge of your life uh, in the later years. Well, I think that's a really important facet that you've just brought forward is we didn't create an estate to give it away in our death. That's not the purpose of creating an estate. The purpose of creating an estate is often to create purpose in our life and freedom in our life to do the things we love and care about. And so I always just view an estate not as money, but actually as a tool a tool to meet your goals and objectives. And if we look at it from that point of view, this is actually exciting planning. This isn't negative planning. This is very positive because you can take that affluence you've crafted and created and you can do the things you love and have passion about. You know, it's very common for us today with our affluent families to see them creating charitable work in their lifetime, not doing it when they die in their will, but rather doing it today and participating. We have one family right now, they're taking their entire grandchild group down to Africa to build an orphanage. Now imagine the impact that that is going to have, not only on the community in Africa, but the impact it will have on those grandchildren. So these are the wonderful things we have the privilege to do in modern society. We're seeing more and more of that. You know, we, we've talked on this program in the past about uh, uh, friends and colleagues of yours who are dentists who are doing some work in Guatemala. We've talked about your own project um, uh, that, that you support, uh, the uh, Elephant Orphanage in, in Kenya. Um, we're seeing a lot more people taking an interest in that kind of philanthropy doing it while they're in possession of their faculties, doing it while they can enjoy it with members of the family, uh, and doing it while they can appreciate um, how much good they are doing in the world. I think it might be to do with the fact that based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, we're not in that fundamental desire to just get sustenance and protection. We've moved beyond that as a culture and as a society. So when we have that security baseline already in play, Now we can look at life from a different set of glasses, basically. And when families have crafted and created an estate, it's often because they've done something they've loved through their life. Many of our clients actually share that they don't work a day in their life. They're doing what they love every day, and it creates affluence because of that. And so that doesn't change just because they hit 50 or 60 or 70. They still want to be doing the things they love. It may shift a little bit. It might look different. But what they're going to use is their wealth that they've crafted as a tool to do that. And so we call our planning life planning, as you know, Peter. We don't think of it as the legacy plan, really. That's plan B. We hope you don't use that plan for a very long time. We want you to be living with the assets you've created and finding purpose in using them. Plan B is the will. It's the part that kicks in when you pass. But plan A is the life plan. And it applies while you're alive. 
That's right. And we do this in our lives because we all have passions about particular reasons and causes that have impacted us and touched us. One of the things I've observed in this work over time is that often as we shift into retirement, a lot of us will revert back into things that we love that we did in our childhood. So very often I see people that loved bike riding as a young child and they take up bike riding in retirement or they played a musical instrument and they pick it up again. And so it's an exploratory time where we actually have the most valuable commodity of all time. And we get to utilize that and spend that in the way we choose, which is a very different situation when we were young and earning a living. So as you're pulling together the documents you need to file your 2017 income tax return, take a little time to look at your whole financial picture. Consider what you can do to possibly reduce your tax burden or enhance and protect your asset base while it's fresh in your mind. And plan on taking a little time this month to attend a Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar. Back with more in a moment on The Strong room on 770 CHQR.